Hello, my name's Charlie Winston and this is my podcast called As We Are, which is inspired by my most recent album, As I Am. It's discussions with people who interest me and inspire me. Some of those people you may know, but others you may never have heard of. But that's not the point, you see, because I'm simply interested in people. So, without further ado, I shall let you discover this episode. Take me as I am. The following conversation is with an old friend of mine called Wayne Ellington. We met in the 90s when we went to the same university and we came from very different backgrounds. Me, I grew up in the countryside of England, very white area. And him, he grew up in London in a black gospel church community. And we were both very attracted to each other's uh, life up until that point and our outlooks on life. And But one thing we shared was a general curiosity in people and things. And that's what uh, sparked our relationship and as well as the interest in music. He's an incredible singer. He has always amazed me with his singing abilities. He's arranged for many artists. He's uh, sang for many choirs, as well as led many choirs. He's now um, what he calls himself a singing therapist, which we shall talk about. And finally, something about Wayne which has always struck me is his ability to communicate with a calm demeanour, sometimes humorous, but he's always got something poignant to say and it's never pretentious or intrusive. It's just very much him. So here is my conversation with Wayne Ellington. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Wayne. Hey. How you doing? Good. Okay, so you are an old friend of mine. Mm-hmm. We're, we're old friends. We first met in um, the West London Institute, mm-hmm. which then became Brunel University in um, in 1995, I think. Yeah. And Or at least that's when I went there. Yeah. But just to introduce you, uh, you have always been a singer. It's always been your primary thing. Mm-hmm. As, and it's always, but you've gone through being a singer for yourself, yeah. to being a singer in choirs, to being a singer uh, helping other people sing, helping put other, other people's bands and choirs together. Mm-hmm. And now you find yourself in a place where you're teaching singing but you're not calling teach uh, being you're not calling yourself a singing teacher you're calling mm. yourself a singing therapist mm. why do you do that um a singing a vocal coach is one who can look at um various tools on how a singer might um sing a song they can also look at a speech someone who um is about to or is about to do a speech or about to you know look at motivational speaking and such and how to preserve your voice and so on um why a singing therapist is mainly about um introducing awareness singing awareness um to the singer um which um touches on the response to music itself to response to their own voice mm. um to their own singing abilities and being comfortable when they hear other singers doing extraordinary vocal things Mm. or singy things to that they might not feel or you know they might not be able to do however um it's about teaching that individual to be comfortable with what they can do and work on 
some of the things that they want to aspire to to do yeah get better at singing but the journey to get better at singing is about consistency and is about awareness is about self-awareness and it's about um the awareness of your musicians other singers that might be around you um studying your audience um studying the auditorium the area that people are coming from or coming mm. to to, yeah. to see you or to hear you even if you're a background vocalist you're still needing to be aware of some of these things even though the 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 focus will be on the artists and you as a backing singer might be feeling nervous because you might not know a particular part or you might have forgotten something being a background vocalist and the main artist is relying on you to do your job mm. so practicing being aware of um your singing parts blending as well um doing um blending voice blending your voice with other yeah. singers and also with the artist and so on so there's it covers a lot of different things that i feel that um are not spoken about mm. as vocal coaches but vocal coaches might not need to be speaking about awareness because that's not what the vocal coach's role is. Awareness. Yeah. yeah. The vocal that's coach is to give tools and um, vocal tools, singing tools like... Um, uh, vocal theory. You, oh, you vocal, mean... Vocal theories, exercises, vocal exercises. <laughs> <laughs> go yourself there. Vocal <laughs> exercises. Whereas a singing therapist, um, main focus is about awareness and how to navigate uh, a, a vocalist not just through a song but through life as a singer so um it, i'm wondering like do people walk in to your like for the first time do you see like anxiety and worry singing is a very i know it as i'm a singer it's a very personal thing it's one of the first things we do when we come out of the when we're born mm. we we kind of sing we cry mm. And so it's the first means of expression. So it's the mm. first way to express yourself. Be, you know, before being an artist, you mm. don't do that when you come out of the womb. No. <laughs> or, or, and, and so, but there's also, but it's very, very attached to emotions as music is very attached to emotions. And um, there's a song on my album called Don't Worry About Me. And it's about, it's quite, kind of questioning what worry is. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested about the kind of worries that you see or that you have. Mm. that you see people have mm. when they when they yeah um, um the things that i used to worry about were about stories that weren't even happening so i'd be worrying about something that i think could happen or something that i don't want to happen rather than just being present and not focus on the worry mm. these are some of the things that i was able to navigate myself away from um the, th the things like being overly concerned about what my voice might be like, if people are going to like me or not, if people are going to, or if I'm going to do an off key, is, is the song going to go well? Am I going to remember my words? Have I got the right outfit on? Yeah. You know, I've forgotten my shoes. What am I going to do in the next 30 minutes or in the next, do you know what I mean? Mm. All these things can become worries. Uh -huh. However, they've not happened. On explaining some of these ideas to my students, about something that's not happened yet so therefore we don't need to bring energy to something that's not even occurred mm. then we can bring our focus somewhere else that yeah. often tends to be um, the way 
I'd navigate them towards. From that point, the questions would be about um, what. Tell me, what are you most excited about mm. um, this event that you're about to do, or this recital that you're about to give, or this yeah. song that you found that you want to sing? What's exciting about it? So, so getting you're... them to focus in on the yeah. on the good stuff yeah. as opposed to the yeah. the potential nightmare well, right. it could be exactly yeah yeah so yeah. worry is there to show up it is there for us to kind of like um uh re order our mindset rewire our mindset yeah and reinvent our mindset and, and reinventing our mindset is reinventing yourself so therefore you're not going to be that of what you were a second ago before you go on stage, or you, or, what, or you, someone goes on stage, what's the primary thing that you say to yourself? I know for myself, I would say, like, it's like a little switch I turn on in my head. It's like, okay, I've just got to have a moment of connecting with myself mm. mentally. Mm. I'm just going, okay, wh who's the person you want to present in this moment? We mm. talked a little bit about it last night, but mm. what's the main thing for you that you say to yourself or ask yourself? Um, the main thing, some of the main things that would that would go through my mind um, are: I hope that people enjoy um, what I'm about to do, um, and then I bring the focus back to self because it is about what I do. Yeah. Whatever I do, whatever I say, however I am, is going to affect the people that have come to see me or listen to me or whichever. Um, so therefore. I make sure that I'm good in my mind, I'm good in my body, um, and I feel ready. Yeah. You know, and that takes much preparation. And these are some of the things, in case the audience who are listening didn't know, these are some of the things that you're paying for. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're paying for someone who's working hard behind the scenes to come in front of you and do a whole concert or even to sing one song but to entertain you for that whole time. So they've put all that work in. Um, so to get to the point before you go on stage is about how you manage all those thoughts. Self-management yeah. is really key for me um, and bringing my energy towards my breathing. So do you think that, that, that there's, there's um, it makes, it reminds me of, some other tunes um, from my record, one is called Overprotective, mm. and it's, it's, it's just about, well, I'm actually criticizing someone for being overprotective mm. in their behavior, only to realize that by me trying to fix them is being overprotective about mm. them. And, but I know that we can do that for ourselves as singers as well, where we can, mm. especially like if I've had laryngitis or something like that, or, or some funny little, pain mm. in my throat and then all your focus because you're on yeah. tour goes onto that right. one thing and right. then that just blows it up right. and gets worse right, 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 right. it's a kind of paradox that we mm. live in as a singer mm. it's mm -hmm. kind of because the more that you you have to focus on yourself as a singer but mm. but you're focusing on yourself as a as a entity as a yeah. being yeah and um and so it, it plays into another song which is called i'll never hold you back where yeah yeah you can hold other people back mm. by holding yourself back as mm. well. And you certainly hold back what you're giving to the audience. Yeah. Do you find that you've, you've kind of been in situations? Well, there's all, cause you're coming from two places. One is as a singer and one mm -hmm. as a, as a, as a vocal therapist. 
Mm-hmm. So what is it that, how does it play into, do you see that a lot? Is, like, is what I mean. Yeah, I think um, I can be overprotective of my students. And I want to give them the best tools that I can give. How they take that and how they utilize it will depend on how it's presented to them. Um, and that also goes down to relationship. Yeah. You know, building a relationship with your students. And building a relationship with your students can turn into you being overprotective because it's almost like um, training a child. You know, yeah. You don't want the child to touch the fire. You don't want the child to hurt themselves you don't want the child to do anything wrong you know you want the child to be good yeah you want the child to be right and safe yeah you know um and that's fine but when you go into overprotective mode can be a bit much for the child it Mm. could be suffocating for the child let the child or the student make mistakes you know and help them to help themselves navigate their way out of that mistake but you also just let them know look i'm still here yeah right I told you I gave you an, an advice and an instruction to avoid certain things but you made a decision out of the choices that you had to G- give know. me an example so for example um, one of my students who I would um, give them an idea of creating melody yeah they don't know how to create a melody so I'll give them ideas yeah that's tools giving them tools on how to create um come up with ideas and one of those ideas in towards creating melody is to not think about it but to listen use your intuition to hear what comes to you just sing whatever comes to you so if there's a chord progression most people automatically go to the melody or or, or the tune of that chord progression mm. rather than sing around it yeah my thoughts and idea would be sing around that mm-hmm. they may decide and choose to sing the tune do you know what I mean yeah the tune's already set so that's the comfortable place in that's the comfortable place yeah, yeah. so often, often the less confidence they have right. the more they'll stick with the melody right, right. Um, but then you'll have some students who will be a bit more ambitious and sing a third above or a third below or sing something completely unexpected yeah. it might work with the chord progression and it might not but the idea was that they went ahead and gave it a try yeah, that could have been a mistake. It could have been a right melody that they sang. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you allow them to make those. So, so that that reminds me. Like, okay, I should probably mention at this point that you did the voice. Okay, so you mm. just tried it out. You decided for yourself mm. as a you know a gentleman mm-hmm. in your age mm-hmm. to give it a shot yeah. and go on the UK Voice and. And you got chosen by Tom and I, yeah, uh, other way around. You, he you, sorry, he yeah yeah you yeah. Choose yeah. Who you want. You, yeah choose. you choose your coach. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because him yeah. and Jessica is it Jessica? No, Jennifer. Jennifer, that's it. yeah, yeah. They both they both chose you, but then you had to choose, so that's you chose right. Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I've always like wondered about the the voice model, mm. how we you know I see people on their training for one song. And like we were talking about last night, if you're always working on just one thing, mm. you're, you're, there must be a lot more anxiety involved in getting it right or wrong. Mm. Whereas when I grew up playing music, we were just playing, jamming stuff out, yeah. playing songs and different, yeah, yeah. all kinds of different music. Mm. Of course, I'm sure those, all those people do. That's mm. what we all do as musicians. Yeah. But 
it feels to me like there's there's through the um the notoriety of the voice the mm. sort of the 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 success of the voice being like in every mm. single country and more and more people that's their that's their platform for being noticed yeah i kind of like i wonder how it must change people's vision of the of what it is to you know be a good musician or prepare for something yeah i think um my experience um about the voice was um combating some of my own fears which were to be in front of a tv screen as a singer um because they come quite close up and I i was already um a little bit um um, apprehensive about my big features being on TV and I just didn't you know but yeah. I had to learn very quickly and just mm. overcome that and I thought well you know love yourself yeah <laughs> you love everything else about yourself but love these parts about yourself and I thought well okay that's one thing the other thing was that's a big one that was a big one but that is always a big one yeah. loving yourself yeah. I mean just in life yeah, yeah. but especially yeah. I think that's the thing about being a singer on stage in right. a particular that's moment one of them. yeah yeah um, there was no problems about um, how I sang the song or what song I was going to sing, you know, because I was comfortable with with that. Mm. Um, the other elements were that you're in a competition, and I thought I don't like competitions. Again, the fear of that was uh, came out of being the age of thirteen, entering a competition to which I came last, mm. and I thought never doing it again ever. But then I thought, well, there's an opportunity to come back um, mm. and do something great for yourself and in hope that everyone else is going to enjoy what you do. Um, so all of these different things that might want to come across you, you look at them at a different point in your life and feel and think to yourself, well, I, I, now I'm, I'm at a different place now. I'm not 13 years old again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm okay with my looks. I love my nose. It's part of my mom and dad's. I love my <laughs> lips. Again, it's part of my mom and dad's. I love my ears. It's I, all my facial features are part of my mom and dad. Yeah, and that's how I began to um, embrace those. I felt TV ready. You know, yeah. my voice. Like I said, you know, my brother Lloyd calls me the voice. Anyway, this was from a young age, right? And so for me to do it, um, do the program, um, was a joyful thing for him to know. Someone I saw him. I saw him on it yeah, watching you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So doing it, I felt ready, but there was also the maturity that came behind it all. Yes, it's a TV show. Yes, it's a competition, um, and yes, it's a frightening experience. Mm. However, um, the mature side of me kind of kicked in. You're mm. a big man. You're not competing with anybody really. You're here to present the song because you want your sound left in the world somewhere. And everybody often talks about yeah. that show of my singing, and I've been singing for years. Yeah, you know? I know, yeah. Big men yeah. would see me on the street and they'd say, Man, I cried, you know, I cried when I heard your song, you know, I cried. And these are big men. Yeah. So I can leave the planet, not too soon, knowing <laughs> that. I've left my sound out there, and I've left not just my sound, but mm. a, an, an energy out there that has affected somebody. But you know it's interesting because like so so that's you at your age, mm. um, but then you're probably doing those auditions surrounded by tons of kids who've grown up, you know, as as post millennials. Mm. 
and they're growing up with auto-tune they're growing up in social media land mm -hmm. they're growing up with an entirely different way to consume music and it's all about how the internet and algorithms surround us and how algorithms play into our, into our lives now with, with the social media, the way that we can just, if we want to hear a tune, we can hear it in a second. If we want to make a tune and put it out there, we can do it in a second. Mm. Uh, and then also the age thing as well. Yeah. Just generally whatever, mm. whichever part of the century we're in mm. or evolution of man, yeah. we, we grow and we learn. But mm. like, what, what did you see those other kids and what do you see as a, Vocal therapist, uh, singing, singing therapist. therapist sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, coming from, I mean, I'm a 70s child. Yeah. 70s person. I'm a 70s child. <laughs> <laughs> and growing up listening to lots of different vocal sounds, tones, in the 80s, a yeah. different set of vocal tones, and in the 90s, a new eruption of vocal tones. In the 70s, R&B wasn't the same sounds, vocal sounds, as it was in the 90s. Soul music um, changed in the 70s from the 50s and 60s. Um, and then gospel music changed from the early 30s to a different sound in the, in the 80s. Yeah, you right. know? So you've got decades of different Big sounds going on. Changes. Do you know what I mean? Massive changes. So being brought up in the 70s, 80s and 90s, uh, around these different genres and vocal um, tones and music styles um, and genres, you're collecting a massive um, plethora of sounds and music. And that's not just from the 70s, 80s and 90s, but during those decades, you're also introduced to the 30s, the 40s, the 50s and the 60s. Yeah style so you've got this yeah. humongous and now everything's archived right as well everything's archived it's not like in the 50s where you had like a nothing yeah. yeah it was just passed on by the last right. generation okay maybe you've got a, yeah. so so therefore from the 90s from the late 90s and then things began to change with or going into the 2000s with more algorithms and more media stuff well, there was like more, pro tools introduced right, and logic right, and yeah when we were at uni, we were like stuff. using Cubits. And then auto-tune <laughs> kicks in, yeah. Right. So in with the, the auto-tune thing now, and not just with the auto-tune, with the different, st with the styles of the singer-songwriter styles these days, um, our young people from the 2000s yeah. have become those styles, which is very minimal. Yeah. Um, and so for myself, when I'm hearing... My first student, second student, third student, up until day two students, which may be seven of them, two days of hearing the same vocal tones, two days of hearing the same vocal styles. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is a, a result of what's out there mm. and a result of what's impacting these young people. Which is kind of crazy right. when you think about the amount of stuff that's out there now. Exactly. So they might feel like writing lyrics is, you know, it's great, which it is. You know, some of them are brilliant, um, lyricists. superb lyricists, yeah. Um, however, the music style is very much the same. Yeah. Um, which is why I like 
um, the songs from your album because there's lots of different things going on. It's like a a ten course meal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. lots of different and, things, and and maybe too heavy for a lot of people. You know, in the way that the, uh, the, the I've got a sneeze coming on, mm -hmm. but in the way that um, people's listening because we mm. don't just change the way we produce music, we we change the way we listen to it right. as as average people mm. and and. Uh, and uh, sometimes I think to myself, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a bit too rich for people these days, you know. There's, and I think mm. there's a, a truth to that, but then it's capturing the right kind of people. Yeah, yeah. Capturing the right kind of people is about giving them a little bit of everything, mm. you know. So you give them a little bit of something that you feel that they might like of the past, the present. And when I say the future, I'm talking about the present. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 and the past. Oh, yeah, I've got <laughs> a song I mean? about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that from my future self. Right. So, um, when we're looking at create creativity and creation, the creation of new music, um, we not only do we or should we need to go back to the past, but some of the technology that's around now, mm. um, like. Uh, the I was about to say vocal zones, <laughs> vocal <laughs> zones, like uh, the um, pitch perfect um, auto tuning, auto tuning, and so on. Um, the way we can continue to keep some of the old school way of listening to music live is for us as singers and musicians to continue to teach how not to use an auto tune. Mm. You know. And that's like a fast track way. And even though I think um, auto-tuning is kind of training people to listen to music in a different way, in, in, in a technological way rather than in an emotional way, you know, that flat note or that non-perfect pitch bit could be part of someone's personality. But well, they're it. still... So it's also an element of self-acceptance. Yeah, self-acceptance and also audience acceptance. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I sing, I'm not always in key, but I do know. Not not in key. Sorry, I'm not, I, yeah, I go flat at sometimes, pitch, yeah. pitch wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to G sharp minor. <laughs> um, but what I do know, one of the things that keeps my audience um, intact and in tune with me is my character, mm. my tone, the way that I. And make them feel during a song. If I do a flat note, they don't care too much. They'll notice it, no doubt. Mm. You know. However, my comeback is always, I'm going to give you something. That but you know what? I that. think. Sorry to interrupt. Mm. But I, I think it's also about the fact that we live when we grew up in a in a, a generation of. Hmm, I'm not going to say it like that. I'm just going to say now because everyone can record at home yeah it's a it's a world of home recordings and therefore you don't have to go out and get, do gigs to, mm. to to be a musician or to, to make music you can mm. sell it on youtube and, mm. and actually build up a big enough audience mm. to just you can do it that way or Bandcamp mm. or something like that mm. but um so they'll create that kind of big comfort zone through making music home but then you get out on, out on stage it's a different story it's a different yeah. whole other yeah, ball how, game. how other ball game from between live and recorded music but you know so so in terms of recorded no so in terms of live music like 
there's a song of mine called This Storm Too Shall Pass and it reminds me at this in this moment hmm. when I had a gig in uh, Switzerland in a, in a festival called Paleo Festival I was on stage between I was I was coming on stage after Joan Baez Patti Smith was on a different um, stage and, and Robert Plant was after me so it's pretty kind of like asking myself what am I doing on the stage there was 35,000 people in the audience and I had laryngitis I had I had something itis in my throat I, I couldn't speak or, or sing, certainly not sing and I having cancelled a gig several months before that in Paris for this for the same problem I decided not to worry about it and I and I did actually take some cortisone because I, I was like I can't let these people down there's too many people here and it was really uh, on the previous gig I decided not to take cortisone and I literally could not sing in there and I had to had to cancel the thing anyway long story just to say that when I went on stage I'd taken the the cortisone with enough time for it to kick in do its thing um, when I got on stage it didn't work and I was literally singing on a sh on a shoelace, you know, just just trying to just wondering, and got into a real real like I mean not just me but my band they're all looking at me like you're gonna be okay, and then side of stage my manager and agent were like, you know, looking pretty pretty worried because I it wasn't it wasn't happening I wasn't coming up with the goods, and it's like a sea of people in front of me. And so I was, for the first time in my life, thinking, I'm gonna have to cancel, I'm gonna have to walk off stage. Like, I can't get to the end of this. I've got an hour, an hour and a quarter to sing. And it's just not happening. And, uh, and so, in, for the, for, and this was, you know, a storm. Like, it was a mental storm in my head of, of kind of panic of what do I, should I do that? Should I actually do this for the first time in my life on such a big stage? And, um, and uh, the fifth song, I said to myself, if it doesn't come back on this song, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull it. Um, and there was a song where I, had, I didn't have a guitar or a piano. I just had the microphone, wireless microphone. So I it somehow totally freed up my body or something happened. And, you know, the drugs kicked in, as it were. And my voice came back and I finished the show still with a you know, massively reduced range, but able to, to get through it. And so all of that to say, like, now when these things happen, more and more that I experience live music, I, I understand that when, they're, I'm, when I'm facing a storm cloud and it's coming towards me or if I'm in the middle of it, I'm kind of telling myself it will pass, not mm. just in music, but in life as well, mm. understanding that this storm too shall pass. Mm. And, and you're obviously managing a lot of that, mm. but... I mean, what's, what kind of experiences have you had in your life as a musician or personally, mm. like in terms of like the, the storms yeah. you've had to face? Mm. Um, my storms have been really challenging. Well, obviously, let me start that again. <laughs> you might have to edit this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Since you said that, I'm right. definitely not editing it. Storms have been challenging, what the hell? Um, yeah. There's levels of storms. Now, um, from being a young age, I think I think I had a really nice childhood, really good childhood, um, and the uncertainties of my of 
knowing or discovering a bit more of myself um, was, I guess, around school age, secondary school age, from around 11. Mm. Um, aware of um, how I was feeling around six and seven years old, or even to 10 years old, being aware of, you know, oh, my name's Wayne, my brothers and sisters, yeah. you know, um, my parents' names and friends and cousins and so on. Um, the storms actually began to show up around age 11. And that was around sexuality, that was around being in faith, being, um, or not feeling um, a whole human being mm. because there were different things that you were hearing um, about how to be as a human being yeah. and genders and um, choices that you make in life and so on. So, and you get to school and you're challenged with, um, you went to a boy school, an old boy school. Yeah. And you're challenged with bravado, you're challenged yeah, with testosterone. testosterone and, you know, and everything. And you're, you know, you're coming from primary school into secondary school and you're hit with all of this stuff. I found a really lovely shell to just, you know, hibernate in. Mm, you know? I understand that very well. Yeah. Yeah. And music can do that. Yeah. Um, and not feeling uh, a part of being in school and being part of the, the school community because I wasn't as bright and I wasn't as um, loud and I wasn't as anything as all the other boys in the school I would I just kept myself in a shell because it was the right place to be and the safest place to be for me at the time because no one taught you to understand what it's like being around another community mm. in church you feel comfortable in church because church for you just meant music really music yeah, and faith I really is that what know? it meant to you as a kid yeah, as a kid yeah it was music and faith so from that was from a, the age I even remember being walking in church I had I can vividly remember walking into church at four years old. Really? Holding my mum's hand. Oh, that's so Feeling long. really small, but hearing this big volume, this loud volume of voices and music, which was like um, a gospel version of country western from mm. a Caribbean, black right, Caribbean yeah, yeah, perspective, yeah. Yeah. you know, which was almost reggae but yeah. cross between reggae and country <laughs> western you know wow um i've heard that country western is big in jamaica yeah. actually yeah. yeah yeah and um it was around those times that i felt easy being four years old and just being massively impacted by this great um tapestry of sounds you know that you become so emotionally connected with yeah you know yeah and so that was my safe place so being in school and being hit by testosterone and masculinism and all sorts and having to sort of play that play into it and how do you play into it and how do you respond to it and if yeah. you respond to it as you know it and it ain't right yeah yeah because there's a lot of competition a right. lot of bravado yeah. mm -hmm. but it's 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 like it's funny you know, when you talk about the safe place, for me, that's exile. That's what my song Exile is talking about, mm. about like through certain kind of discomfort that I found as a child, yeah. uh, as growing up, 
in this world sometimes the world doesn't feel and i'm sure yeah. so many people go through this but it doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like you belong in that yeah or you don't know how to fit yourself yeah. into it yeah. and um for me it was a kind of set exiling myself from that through music mm. and and kind of going oh or not even even thinking mm. thinking it through not even mm. consciously thinking mm. about it but finding that place mm. in music as a like a cloud that you can go to mm. and disappear mm. but is it is it like for me i'm now learning what purpose that served mm. and how in some ways it's no longer serving me anymore mm. Do you, does that make sense yeah and i kind of some now for me music is a, it's like a, i can choose it mm. but it's not like a compulsion that i have to do it all the time because i actually want to be in reality as well mm. i want to come to accepting yeah what is yeah, you know, yeah. who i am because i think sometimes music is an escape route as well mm -hmm. does, does that does that be true is. for you i mean like um that kind of like ties in with um the question about storm being in a storm yeah that was being a, in a whirlwind and, yeah um whilst you're in this um storm you can actually find a safe place where you can exile you know and to navigate yourself away from from the storm even though you can see it from a far distance the sensation that the, the feeling of it getting close kind of like or the wind of it shifts you towards exile mm. you know shifts you to that quiet place where you can feel safe mm. the um in church you'd often hear about um the story of um an eagle um that the i can't remember the um where in the bible it's from but i do believe it's in one of this one of the psalms and it's those who wait on the lord will renew their strength mm. will renew their strength they will rise up on wings like eagles they'll run and not weary they'll walk and not faint mm. those words stuck in my head they'll run like They'll walk and not get weary. Okay. They'll run and not get weary. Yeah. They'll walk and not faint. They'll walk and not faint. Okay. Yeah. So rising up on wings ah. as eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an eagle can fly. Well, when an eagle senses that there's a storm coming, they fly to the highest point of the mountain. Yeah. Right. They don't get caught in storms. Like a cow sits down right. on the grass to protect its dry, right. dry grass when there's right. a. So when that storm comes, that eagle's in a safe place because mm, it's yeah. above it's above clouds. So it's a natural instinct, isn't yeah. it, for us to right? It's true to go to a safe place to protect. Right, exactly. <laughs> so when that storm comes, that eagle doesn't know what's going underneath them clouds. Yeah, right. Even though you might know what the issues are, blah 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 blah, you find yourself in a safe place, but you don't know what you're being protected from. Yeah, right, because you found a safe place okay. to go to. So I've got to say, like, uh, that reminds me of like my. I discovered like for years I had chronic backache, as you know, mm. and um, I, I, I did everything to just to figure out the solution via via all physical means, mm. only to discover years, years, years too late. Not too late, but eventually discover. It was all starting from my mind and right. how I perceived the world, basically. Yep. It was all, I'm good. It was all about sub, my subconscious and how that's behaving mm. without me knowing it at mm. all. And it reminds me of what you're talking about, the eagle and the storm below the clouds. Mm. It's like I've had to go in, 
below those clouds mm. that's what much of my album's about mm. go into the unconscious as one of the yeah. songs is called mm -hmm. and actually like i don't know not fight it but understand it yeah. just understand it it's not yeah. like i'm trying to even fix yeah. it but you see at the time that you went beneath the clouds you were strong enough to go beneath the clouds exactly and yeah. we need to get to that point yes. first yeah absolutely so you recognize something's going on in my life and i don't know how to deal with that yeah however you are supposed to go to a safe place just so that you can rise up on wings as eagles you'll walk you'll run and not weary you'll walk and not faint it's all about being strong yeah mm. wings uh, so eagles wings are humongous yeah yeah i can see them too yeah <laughs> when they're flying about right and whistling. when you bring yourself into that mindset of uh strength you are then able to fly beneath it's true you know it's true and you got to and that's very true see what's going on and that way yeah. some folks don't want to go beneath the clouds uh, yeah my encouragement uh, would be to when you feel in your in your um at a particular time and age when you feel strong enough you would have had to do to do some background work yeah. before you go down do yeah you know what i mean yeah absolutely um no doubt i don't know if this is a good thing to bring up but um let's just um holistic look holistically yeah. yeah yeah about when anyone's going into war they will have people that will go into those countries and navigate and see what's going on and blah 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 they'll have people that might just fly over just to spot the land and see where mm, things are placed yeah. and so on yeah so we have to and that's dangerous territory mm. you know because anything can anyone can spot yeah. you if you're not careful so therefore we have to go into some of those places that we don't really want to go to oh, yeah. and just to navigate some of these spots it's quite emotional yeah it's emotional but, and you know, it's very uncomfortable uh, to get there yeah the uncomfortability though um you must know that you're supported and guided by um a higher being yeah. a higher power for me that would be god yeah you know to help me to get in and get out yeah. you know once i'm in you're in you know and therefore you need to stay there and begin to break down, break up, um, in order to get some kind of breakthrough. Yeah, right. You know? That's it. Yeah. So once you've broken through, you you're then broken beneath all that concrete, those layers of concrete, where the heart of yourself is, that the soul of you lays beneath. Yeah. And once you've broken through all of that, you can just see, and you think, right. This is where the heart of myself is. And yeah, this right. is what, you know, I really look like. And I yeah. look great. I look great and I feel great because this is the heart of me. That's it, And man. you've got to bring the heart of you yeah. back to surface, but it's not going to be so easy. That's the hard part. Yeah, Because yeah, you, then you're representing who you really are. Yeah. With your shadows. Right. To the... To the surface, to the surface. And, to, and to everyone, yeah, and and not 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 always people want to see that no. either. It's not yeah. just about us. No, no, no. It's about yeah, but also though, Charlie, it's it's it is about you in a big uh, way. Uh, yeah, uh, big it's about you in a big way because it's almost like there's the story of Jesus of of Jesus when he died, and you know the story when he died and he went down to hell to get the keys of hell, and then you know 
and came back up alive again and so on there's that if you look at that kind of scenario of you going back down to yourself to find yourself and you're mm. coming back but when you come back you've come back you've you've proper reinvented yeah nothing else that anyone can say can tear you down yeah because you've come back with some keys yeah and the key to yourself that's it that's it Do you know what i mean absolutely so as you come back trust me I, I knew that the dark spell that i went through when i came out my the minute put me on stage to sing something you're talking about in later life not not as later a life yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah later life um it's like early this early this year <laughs> right yeah put yeah, me yeah. on stage to sing something this is coming out of the pandemic and losing my brother and so on mm. which was really dark yeah go on stage to sing something and the sound that came back at me was like presenting yourself back to yourself yeah but then not only are you presenting yourself back to yourself um there's nothing egotistical about that but because you're still kind of nervous to to sing now however mm. you know you just got to crack on with it yeah, yeah but then you're aware of your audience you're yeah. aware that the audience are sat waiting for something. Tell us that's just a little anecdote about your friend Karen and, and when you had that moment yeah. and you, you told me you had that moment, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you yeah. needed some help right. from her, right? Yeah. If so, I may. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Name. Yeah. So that song, um, well, Karen's been a very um, uh, influential person in my life, a very um, inspiring yeah. woman. Um, and uh, so anyway, I learned so much from her. Uh, she's an, um, uh, a don't mess around woman. Yeah. And very to the point, um, she's still very much like that in a beautiful way where she'll give you time now to just get yourself together. So mm -hmm. during the um, Kingdom Choir um, concert at the Roundhouse in January, there's a song that the choir wrote called um, Together Again. And it was about... Um, everyone coming back together again after the pandemic and um, right. and so it was challenging for me to sing it because we weren't all together again yeah because I'd lost my brother yeah so to sing that song was really was you were up against man. the wall yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah so the words weren't coming during sound check words weren't coming to me and so I had to. Well, you, I told you Karen. Mean you couldn't remember the words. I couldn't. Re I couldn't remember the words. I couldn't yeah. remember the first line. Right. But then the I second line after that just wasn't often. coming. Yeah. <laughs> so when the sound check started for that song, um, I had the mic in my hand and I went to the front of the stage and the words didn't come at all. We had about two or three attempts at it, and I said to Karen, "This ain't this ain't working." So I asked another colleague, another choir singer friend, to. Um, do the song and he's like nah, well I'll be prepared to do it but I don't know if Karen wants me to do this song she wants you to do okay, it okay. so I was like anyway long story short um, at the th that song didn't happen during sound check and I was feeling a bit you know disappointed um, Karen then said to me um, okay remember uh, this isn't about you this is not about you so get out of your head get uh, out of your head get yeah. out of your head and remember who this is hard for. words hard words when for yeah. someone who's just lost yeah. their brother yeah 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 but you see the way she said it 
it wasn't like supportive. Yeah, it was more. Yeah, it was more supportive. So even though, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying no, she's a hard. She, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, nasty yeah. thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hard yeah. words, but true words. Yeah, yeah, true words, um, said in a very delicate way. Right. But yeah. then it was for me to then go away and do something with that. Yeah. You know. So I hibernated for a little while. Yeah. Um, for about fifteen. Excuse me. I hibernated for a while, for about 15 minutes or so, and um, got out of my head. Mm. I had to put Dennis aside and go over the words and be thankful and grateful for who was there. Yeah. You know? And I had this little story in my head, um, sang the song through in my mind, and I thought, well, that's cool. Leave it alone. Went and had had lunch, uh, uh, dinner, came back show had started time for that song as nervous as I was I thought you know I tell everyone or I always tell everyone recognize nervousness give nervousness its recognition yeah yeah but don't give it any energy yeah so then I walked towards the stage <laughs> mic in hand and there I was this the, the words just came to me line by line word for word note for note just came to me after I got through the first and second verse um, we go into the main part of the chorus something in me just lifted and I heard my sound and I thought this sound is indescribable but it made me feel like I was that eagle I had gone down beneath the clouds picked up these keys come back and I was on my way up again you know but this time on my way up, I weren't going through clouds. I well, was just storm past. Right. Actually, so my song, This Storm Too Shall Pass, it's actually a biblical right. thing. I've just realized <laughs> it. It's This Storm Shall Pass, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah not uh, This Storm Too Shall Pass. Um, th- there is so many ways to say yeah, it. Yeah, but I think yeah, I, I had it originally. The storm will pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So listen, um, you know, thank you. for. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty, pretty personal and deep stuff that mm. you just shared. And I really, really appreciate that. And like, as the final question is is um, related to the song we mentioned earlier on, letter from my future self. I've written many letters to myself, posted them, got them, opened them, kept them on my desk, and you know, as a reminder of the things that I want to keep close to me. And then I wrote the the song. And, and and it was a hard song to write, trying to imagine what me at 85-ish years old would say to the present me, present day me now. I won't tell you how I got there, but I'm, hmm. what would you say, what will you say to yourself now? I'm glad this is recorded because yeah. um, this is part of, I believe, the my 80-year-old self would tell me now. And it would be to remember the fruits of your spirit, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, humility, um, and temperance. And all those things, use those tools to navigate your way through life. No need to fight with worry. No need to argue with anxiety. No need to stress about what I don't know. But be open to the things that come to you. Be kind to yourself and to others. Um, And these are some of the things that will 
attract some of the things that you want or that you need mm. to happen for you for tomorrow. So stay winning. Stay winning. Winning. Which is a quote, I must say. There's <laughs> no doubt you'll hear this. Um, a dear friend of mine called Jazz Rose. Nice um, name. I love that name. Yeah. Jazz Rose. Wow. <laughs> Incredible guy. Um, who often says, stay winning. Yeah. And that's stayed with me ever since he told me to stay winning. And so, uh, you know, that that's what I would, what my 80-year-old letter would um, include right at the end. Hashtag stay winning <laughs> that's a good place to end it but before just before yeah. we end it I want to know because we're talking about a letter from your future self okay to now so yeah. you're working on those things now those mm. things we're always working on things mm -hmm. reality flows it's never standstill it's never mm. fixed so that's taking that into account that the that, that, that this is all stuff you're still working on mm. and, and but yeah I mean it's a beautiful thing that you said. Yeah, I'm still working on them. And I think maybe even by the time I'm 80, I may still be working on I, them. I hope so. <laughs> you know? Them or, or, or development of them. Developments of them. Every decade uh, is a different situation, different circumstance. Mm. And one of those things will be worked on more than some of the others. Exactly. You yeah. know? I feel I'm kind. I feel I, I'm loving. I feel I'm patient. I feel I'm gentle. But then a lot of those things come into play in particular areas of my life with particular people. Yeah. Um, and will also come to a new way of being with people that I haven't met yet. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so those folks who don't know that side of those, any of those sides of me will come to know, which will be new for them. But the result would be about me seeing some of these results or, or hearing it from somebody oh that's so kind that's so good oh, da, 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 you know um, cool Wayne yeah that was nice. thanks it was a good chat yeah a really thanks good chat thanks very much cheers Charlie